Copenhagen Medical Education Podcast listeners. This is Kevin Eva, the editor-in-chief of the journal. Today, I'm coming to you from one of the many heat waves that we've had in Vancouver, and we'll spend part of it speaking with Julie Laufenberger, who's assistant professor at Brigham and Women's Hospital at Harvard Medical School in Boston. Julie has a paper coming out with a variety of co-authors in the October 2022 issue of Medical Education, entitled Prescribing Decision-Making by Medical Residents on Night Shifts, a Qualitative Study. Welcome, Julie, to the podcast, and thanks for taking the time to chat, even though the days of summer are dwindling. Thanks so much for having me. It's going to be fun. <laughs> I like your optimism, and will <laughs> <laughs> certainly do my best to make it that way. Your clinical background, you're in the Department of Medicine, but what is it that led you to worry about prescribing medications as being a key issue? Yeah, it's a great question. So I am actually a practicing pharmacist originally by training. And then I went back to school and now spend most of my time doing health services research and a mix of different types of research. So pragmatic trials, qualitative interviewing, some observational work. And so a through line for me has really always been medication use, even going back to pharmacy school and thinking particularly about inappropriate medication use for older adults. And trying to understand a little bit more, you know, it's a thorny problem. A lot of people are working on it, but really trying to understand, like, where does this get started? What are the problems? Like, how do we kind of help the prescribing of these types of potentially inappropriate medications, things that might be really risky, lead to worse cognitive impairment, potentially down the line, things that are often prescribed for sleep or anxiety. And, you know, what can we do to really help get people off of these? And when we've been kind of looking into this topic, we realize that a lot of it starts in the hospital, right? So a lot of medications get started in the hospital setting. And then as people leave, they're still having trouble sleeping because hospitals are loud and noisy. And, you know, people get put on these drugs and sort of continue taking them in community settings. And then once they're on them, it's really difficult to bring them off. And so where we were kind of motivated by this is just starting to think about, okay, well, what can we do to reduce the use of these types of medications in the hospital? And then when do these get started? Oftentimes they're started at night because they're started for sleep or anxiety or trying to help relax people because, again, hospitals are loud. And so really just trying to understand that problem led us kind of thinking down this particular way and realizing that not a lot of attention had been paid to trying to understand the phenomenon of what encourages prescribing and how does prescribing happen and decision-making, particularly in this setting. Well, and let me push you a little bit further to elaborate on that in this setting phrase that you just ended with. You highlighted that these sorts of errors arise in a variety of places. And for this particular study, you narrowed in on, in particular, night coverage by residents. In fact, if I read your purpose statement, it says to understand decision-making and contextual contributors that influence suboptimal prescribing during night coverage by residents. Can you tell us a bit more about why that was the particular context in which you thought it'd be most useful to study the broader issue of misprescribing? Yeah, it definitely was driven by the fact that I practice in a hospital setting too. I practice where some of these interviews were done, others were done in our adjacent kind of sister hospital. And I usually often cover nights because I have a full research job kind of during the day. So when I cover, it tends to be in the night. And, you know, you do see a pattern and you see it reflected in the literature, like 
these drugs typically are prescribed to help people sleep or help people relax or, um, you know, just help them calm down. Like nurses are calling people who are on call. And the problem is when these drugs kind of come up as potential options is when not the day team that is typically consisting of the attending and many more senior physicians who often have a bit more time to think about what might be options. But because these are things that emerge in the evening, these are typically kind of sent to residents, like first year, second year residents, often interns or brand new to being physicians, and may just not have this sort of body of experience thinking about how to handle these medications. And so we wanted to understand how they make decisions on these shifts in particular and kind of how we ended up narrowing down on it was we were really interested in these types of medications. We knew these medications were being prescribed more often in the evenings and in these types of settings. And then we were like, okay, well, who was actually doing the bulk of the prescribing at these times? And that's how we sort of landed on residents. And then the more and more time that I've clinically now spent with residents and also, you know, doing this tour of work, it just feels like there's such an opportunity to try to work with residents, think about how residents think, think about, you know, the types of interventions or training that they might be get and thinking like from a more broader standpoint about how they're typically educated and sort of opportunities for improving that. So this was really just kind of like us starting to think about like, medications that we are really interested in, I've been passionate about for a while, when do they often get started, particularly in the hospital setting, by whom, and then that sort of led us down this path. Well, and when you say you're interested in digging into how residents think, I would venture a guess that most of them don't spend a lot of time reflecting on sort of how they're coming to their decisions or what factors might be influencing them appropriately or inappropriately. How did you set up the interviews that you conducted in a manner that got your participants into the right headspace to be able to think about what was having an influence on their behaviors? That was really an interesting process. So we had kind of designed this right at the beginning of the pandemic, like back in March 2020. We submitted this for approval, funding by our National Institute of Health, NIA. Um, and we got approval and got launching and thinking about how to do this actually. And so more like fall 2020. So it was really a very interesting time to reach out to residents. It was kind of after their first wave and kind of thinking about, well, how do we manage COVID? But COVID hadn't gone away. And so what that really set up for us was like new residents, new interns really reflecting on medicine and reflecting on how they prescribe and how they think about, you know, teams and what they expected medical care to look like and how that was a little bit different than what it ended up being for them. And so the conversations actually had to really be over Zoom. I think there was really no way around it because of the state of the pandemic at the time. But actually, I feel like that made it easier to reach interns at times that were actually better for them to think. Like I talked to them a lot on evenings, weekends, times they were off, times that they had a little bit more time to reflect at home. And where the conversation really went was just, <laughs> it was almost like therapy. I feel like a couple of <laughs> people ended up saying, this is kind of like therapy, like them being able to take a step back and think about how they think about prescribing what are some of the reasons why they end up prescribing? How did they learn how to prescribe? How did they learn to prescribe these meds? 
what they feel like they're missing or not missing in their training around these meds? Like, what are some of the specific problems to them that they experience? Like some things that really resonated for me with, for with some of the interviews were a lot of the female physicians talked about gender bias. And even in the context of prescribing, the fact that they had to often have to spend more time kind of convincing peers or nurses to some degree about the choices that they wanted to make because they felt like their gender may be influencing this and that their male peers weren't experiencing sort of the same thing. Hmm. And so there, there were really just a lot of like... The pandemic was actually in some ways kind of helpful because I felt like I was able to reach a lot more interns and residents kind of where they were in places they felt comfortable like at home um, and kind of set up for commiserating kind of experience like, you know, have you been handling things? Have you been prescribing? How have things on the team looked? How has COVID handled things? And so it actually felt like we had a lot more common ground than maybe one might think by me being a pharmacist and them being physicians. Right. Research interviews as therapy is probably something that we should be studying in its own right. There's undoubtedly a lot of good that comes just from having the conversations around topics like this. But you alluded to your results a little bit there, started talking about the influence of peers and the pressure from staff. When I look across the themes that you identified, you know, I think there are a couple of those that are certainly well reflected in the literature that time pressure influences decision making. And I guess to nobody's surprise, clinical acuity would be a key factor. But the two themes that I'd love to hear you tell us more about, I was particularly intrigued by because of some of the words that you used to describe them. Talking about the senior physicians or peers, you said fear of judgment and being responsible for patient outcomes. And then with respect to the nursing staff, you described it as perceived pressure from them. Those are loaded, for lack of a better phrase, terms. I just wanted to ask you to explain to the listeners how you got to the point of describing this fear and pressure. Yeah, it's a really great question. You know, several of them, especially the more junior ones, because I interviewed first, second, and third year residents. So some of them were pretty brand new. Some were a little bit more seasoned. And many of them really talked about the fact that a lot of what they are concerned about on evening shifts, in particular these night shifts, is what is the day team going to say tomorrow about the decisions that I made for this patient? And they described situations where they were sometimes making decisions out of what criticism or thoughts they'll get the next day from the day team because they're fighting fires, they're in the trenches, really just trying to get through their patients and trying to make sure everyone survives the night to some degree. And so they really sounded like, and some of them even use kind of words that were closer to just like judgment, fear, like really being sort of afraid of kind of what the day team would say the next day. And that's not reflected by everybody, but that was something that I think I wasn't really necessarily expecting coming in, is that just the idea of like, you know, they're on their own, they're on their island, like, they don't always have help from anybody else, unless it really rises to a higher level of acuity. And so to some degree, they're just kind of making decisions just to try to make sure they get through. And the day team doesn't kind of have any major issues with what they're doing the next day. And some of them also then thinking about perceived pressure from nurses, a lot of the reasons why they made decisions and sort of situations that they did kind of came down from what nurses were asking them to do. And so particularly thinking about benzos, sedative hypnotics, antipsychotics, these types of medications that are often used on these night shifts to kind of calm patients down in one way or another, 
you know, a lot of times they were getting fielding calls from the nurses actually asking for them directly. And so the nurses were already coming in with like, hey, melatonin never works. Some of these drugs that are used for sleep just like never work. This patient is really keeping me away from managing all my other patients. Can we go ahead and write for this? So they're starting from a position of feeling like there's some perceived pressure from nurses to kind of start with these meds or use these meds in ways that they may not feel comfortable with. And then they're really busy and trying to make quick decisions and like unable to really often go see the patient. And so they're really just trying to triage that pressure while also not really being able to handle it in the way that they would want to. Hmm. And so those are kind of pretty common themes that many of them sort of mentioned. So pressure from nurses, I'd say almost every single intern or resident brought up in some way. I think it's really important because much of the literature that you mentioned that deals with issues of prescribing problems talks about them as though it's insufficient knowledge or skill on the part of the practitioner. And those two themes in particular, from your research, suggest that the required interventions might actually have more to do with intra and interprofessional communication and collaboration. And so I'm wondering how this effort has led you to think differently about how you might support residents to make better prescribing decisions. It really seemed that way to me too. Several of them mentioned this. We learn by going to seminars, going to grand rounds, doing some online training. Like this is the way that, or we learn on the job very experientially from, you know, some of them described some good experience with geriatricians where they learned a whole lot about how to really manage these medications. There's really no in between, at least in far as like what I was hearing and what that in between would look like is exactly what you're getting at, which is like, how do you handle stress and decision making? How do you handle communicating with nurses? Many of them recognize like nurses are on the front line. So it's hard for them to necessarily see everything that the nurse is seeing. And so they're sort of having to manage the fact that the nurses are seeing a lot more about the patient, but at the same time, it didn't seem like a lack of knowledge and being able to prescribe the way in which they wanted to. It was more a function of the situations they were in or kind of feeling like they didn't have the opportunity to really think through and make the decisions that they wanted to. And so it seems like it's less about education because they all knew there were aspects of their prescribing that they could be improving. They just couldn't always operationalize that. And so being fully aware that I'm pushing into speculation mode now, do you have ideas or suggestions in terms of how you might begin to try to address these things? We had not seen much in the way of thinking about medications or often general medicine sort of problems that use these more like active thinking, simulation kind of based training, for example, role playing, interprofessional education. There's certainly been a lot for like ACLS or sort of more acute conditions. And those seem to work pretty well in these sort of adjacent areas and improving kind of decision-making and teamwork and those sorts of things. But we hadn't seen a lot in the more like general medicine kind of medication-oriented world. And so it may be that in the same way we're thinking more about this like active role-playing sort of exercises for some of these acute issues that residents face, that maybe there's more that could be done in other types of interventions and thinking about prescribing, for example, or giving them modules on that. And I don't 
spend a lot of my time thinking about medical education in particular, although now it's something that's definitely of interest to me. But it seems like just like the way in which I think about how to train my students in epidemiology courses, that anything we can do that's a bit more active and less reading passive is just going to train them a lot better. Excellent. Well, I look forward to hearing how those efforts go and certainly encourage you to continue them because it is such a very important issue. And as you said, it's a thorny problem that we seem to have been talking about for multiple decades and are still grappling with. So for those who are interested in the problem, I highly recommend Julie's paper, again, Julie Laufenberger, paper being titled Prescribing Decision-Making by Medical Residents on Night Shifts, a Qualitative Study, that will be located in the October 2022 issue of Medical Education. Thanks once again, Julie, for your time and good luck with all of your ongoing efforts. Thank you very much. It was fun.